Ancestors and ancestor worship are significant to many practitioners, religious people, and scholars of religion. They highlight how and if a line is drawn between the world of the living and that of the dead, and how living beings can relate to those who are not within our mundane reach anymore. I hope you're interested and that you will follow me to learn more about it. I'm Dr. Angela Puka and welcome to my symposium. I'm a PhD and religious studies scholar and this is your online resource for the academic study of magic, esotericism, paganism, shamanism and all things occult. This video is a special one because it is a spirit collab with the channels Esoterica, Let's Talk Religion and The Modern Hermeticist. I'll tell you more about it at the end of the video, so make sure to stick around for that. As Nicola Harrington highlights, there is a difference between ancestor worship or cult and the cult of the dead. Ancestors are believed to be people within one or two generations of their living successors, meaning parents, grandparents and at most great-grandparents. They are usually addressed by name and called upon by their descendants for assistance on domestic matters. Differently, the cult of the dead is directed towards the collective deceased or non-linear ancestors. Often, yet not in all cases, there may be kinship involved. For instance, a familial relationship acquired through marriage or being part of the same community or land. This type of ancestor is often considered responsible for inexplicable harmful events, such as sudden deaths and droughts. Propitiatory offerings are made to gain their favor, or execution rites are performed against them. Differently, the reason why a revered dad causes distress to the descendant is not capriciousness, but a moral transgression that prompts them to withdraw the ancestral protection, without which the descendant is left vulnerable. The ancestral dead can be placated and can become benevolent again. So basically, non-linear ancestral spirits play an active role in harming the living, bringing death, accidents and misfortune. In contrast, the familial ancestors may cause harm through inertia and protection withdrawal, instigated by perceived neglect or moral misconduct. Now that we have clarified the distinction between ancestor worship and the cult of the dead, we can dive deeper into the concept and practice of ancestor worship. Interestingly, the two concepts of ancestor and worship could be seen as more rooted in a Western understanding of both. On the matter, the scholar Igor Kopitov highlighted that some African cultures don't distinguish between living and dead elders, and that worship sounds too reverential, as the deceased are treated with contentiousness rather than respect. On the other hand, another scholar, John McCall, reminds us that the types and dynamics of power attributed to the dead are very different from those attributed to living elders. 
In any case, it is interesting how the distinction between living and dead predecessors creates in the Western perception of ancestors a dichotomy where in other cultures there might be a continuum, as well as an appreciation of all of our predecessors, those living or dead who entered this physical realm of existence before us. Regardless of whether a given culture would include within their concept of ancestors, living elders, or solely those who have passed away, it is still the case that the ways of interaction, reverence, contention, or indeed worship will vary significantly depending on whether the predecessor is still alive or not. Communication with someone alive can be as direct as a conversation, whereas with the predecessor who's passed, it will require bridging the gap of incommunicability created by their absence in the physical world. All that said, if we understand worship as respect and acknowledgement rather than more narrowly as adulation, then ancestor worship and ancestor cult may be suitable terms for a range of cultures, and ancestor worship may very well be universal. In contemporary discourse among magic practitioners, especially those who identify as pagans or have been influenced by pagan religions, there are five types of ancestors that are worshipped, honoured or even acknowledged for their relevance to the person's life or the sheer fact that they exist on the earth in a given form. In all cases, the term ancestors is used to refer to spirits or entities that are not currently inhabiting the physical realm, that have come into existence before us and whose existence has shaped or is somewhat contributing to our current being into existence. The first type is ancestors of blood or family. These are ancestors within our bloodline or linked to us through a familial connection, as in the case of people who have been adopted. Second, ancestors of heart. These refer to people who have had a significant emotional impact on us and have passed away, yet they still feel present and influence our life. The third is ancestors of spirit. These usually refer to people who have had a spiritual connection with us and have passed away. Examples are a teacher or a member of our same tradition or a fellow which we have practiced with. The fourth type is cultural ancestors, the predecessors who have been part of and have shaped our cultural heritage and help by remembering them and acknowledging their contribution to ensure the cohesiveness of a given culture. The fifth type is ancestors of place. These are spirits linked to the place we were born in, we were raised in, we live in, or we move to. They can be entities inhabiting the place or spirits of the dead who remain linked to a specific location. The genus loci or geni locorum in the plural, is a Latin term and an example of this type of spirit, and was believed by the Romans to be the guardian of a specific place. Modern practitioners will usually honor ancestors through rituals. Some may have shrines or altars, or a specific place on their altar, to honor or remember or acknowledge their ancestors. In other cases, they will perform rituals in sacred places, 
hills or megalithic monuments. Some practitioners might not have a dedicated space for ancestors all year round, but dedicated offerings and rituals at specific times of the year. Typical times to remember and or honor ancestors are on their birthdays, on the anniversary of their death, or indeed during Samhain or Halloween or All Hallows Eve. During this time of the year, various cultures worldwide have a dedicated festivity for the dead. Contemporary pagans, following the Wheel of the Year established by Wicca, call this time of the year between the 31st of October and the 1st of November Samhain. I have a dedicated video on that, if you want to know more about it, as here we will focus more on what is related to ancestors. Since pagans believe that the veil between the words is at its thinnest during this time of the year, contacting the dead is believed to be more accessible, and offerings made to ancestors are deemed to be more readily available to them. On this occasion, there are pagans who hold a damp supper or a silent evening meal, where they create a sacred space and have a silent meal with the ancestors they want to connect with. The meal meant for the ancestor is often left as an offering when the living participants attending have finished eating and the ritual is completed. Offerings and rituals to ancestors vary across different cultures and traditions, but offerings of food and drink are very common, especially food and drink the deceased used to enjoy when they were alive. Ancestor worship is thus about acknowledging, remembering and honoring those who have made in any way possible our existence or have shaped our identity. On this note, many practitioners who have had a problematic relationship with their predecessors or are not in line with their value system resolve this conflict by acknowledging the ancestor's role in their life, even the sheer biological contribution, leaving the honoring part aside or reserving it to other ancestors or indeed other types of ancestors. In my understanding, pagans and magic practitioners believe in a web of connections and relations in which we are all immersed. And if you see your ancestors as contributing factors to your existence in this web of life, then it makes sense to have an afflatus of respect towards them as they allowed you to be here, to live and breathe and make your own choices. In a way, if you look at it from a non-anthropocentric point of view, ancestors are the closest net around you that allows you to be grounded and indeed exist in this web of life. And there are also those who have contributed in different ways and to different extents to make the person that you are now. Harrington offers us an interesting analysis of the social dimension of ancestor worship, highlighting a process of re-socialization that occurs through these practices. In our understanding of a lack of continuum between the world of the living and that of the dead, the former is reintroducing the latter in the social fabric through honoring and remembering the deceased. Instances that make this element particularly clear are reintroducing the recently deceased into the home through the provision of household shrines, visiting graves to commune with them, 
and activating rituals such as bell ringing to ensure that the dead is present when offerings are made or reciting invocations to call upon spirits to partake of the offerings provided for them. The sentiment that ancestor worship perhaps underlies is that death does not extinguish the relationship with those who were close to us, but rather transforms it. Death creates the need for a new form of participation, with a corresponding alteration in the means of communication, primarily through objects imbued or used by the spirit. In the belief system of many different cultures, Ancestors have the potential to inform the past, influence the present, and affect the future. They are a dynamic guiding force through whom the fears, hopes, and customs of a society may be expressed. This is it for today's video. Don't forget to check out Justin's video on Esoterica. He will talk about the origins of the Dybbuk and how the Kabbalah transformed possession and exorcism of the evil dead. Also check out Philip's video over on Let's Talk Religion. He will be making a video on demons in ancient Mesopotamia. And last but not least, Dan's video on the channel The Modern Hermeticist, who has released an audiobook on the Latin grimoire Arbatel de Magia Veterum, which in English would be Arbatel of the Magic of the Ancients. I would also like to remind you that this project can really only exist thanks to your support. So if you have the means and want to allow this project to keep going, please support my work with a one-off PayPal donation by joining memberships or my inner symposium on Patreon where you will get access to a book club, a Discord server, monthly lectures, and lots of other perks, depending on your chosen tier. You can also get a one-to-one -one conversation with me if you pledge as an Archmage. And otherwise, there are other ways of supporting this channel. For instance, if you like this video, you shouldn't really forget to smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, activate the notification bell so that you will be notified when I upload a new video, and share the video with your friends because you may indeed have friends who are interested in the academic study of magic and they are missing out. So it would be great if you, if you could share my videos with them and leave me a comment down below. I really want to know what you think about it and what's your way of engaging, if any, with your ancestors and what is your idea of ancestors? Do let me know. Thank you all for being here and stay tuned for all the academic fun. Bye for now.